I'm getting messages from my mum asking me why I haven't baked for the party tonight. Oh, goodness. Mummy, I have to do D&D. &D. <laughs> 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 okay. I right. want that on a, a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of good quotes. Mummy, I have to do D&D. &D. Holy yeah, shit. I, I'm a chaotic neutral baby. No comma. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rebrand Grace as like a big baby. No. Like a big. Yeah. A big, oh. a big that's that's your character voice. That's, a community that's your character bit. voice. Yes. Do a baby voice, Grace. That's your character Babies voice. Babies don't speak then. Like a little toddler Back voice checked. then. Have you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Fuck, that was good. Grace doesn't usually drink red wine, and when she does, she gets mean. That's what I found. <laughs> But yeah, I always drink red wine with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just always mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should put my phone on silent. That could have been annoying. <laughs> Idiot. Lily beats me just mean red wine as well. All day. Uh, yeah, maybe I should have some red wines just for, like mean back to you guys. Yeah, so you can hold your own in the fucking fire pit. Yeah. This conversation. <laughs> I'm hold my own. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Are we too mean on this podcast to one another? This is the question that I have. I don't think so. I feel like we're not really mean to each other that much. I feel like the only truly mean thing that was ever said on this podcast was when Jackson sincerely <laughs> referred to me as a Weinstein throwback. A throwback to the city Weinstein era. Sincerely yeah. is too strong, Thomas. I wouldn't say it was sincere. <laughs> Um, I think we're only mean to T, and I think it's usually deserved. <laughs> well, it's also because it only awful. yeah, it only sounds mean because of the in the beautiful like the absolute hero edit that that Benjamin gives you T. <laughs> Without that hero edit, it'd be like yeah, telling me something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like the I'm the sweetheart because he edits out all the bad bits but leaves the bit where you guys punish me for. Them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Pre pretty much just, that's what happens. I'm yes. the I'm the underdog of AW Lane, but actually I'm just the dog. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, why are you like, oh, why are you giving T such a hard time? Like, you don't hear the <laughs> <laughs> I remove from the end. <laughs> One day I am gonna release the black tapes. No. <laughs> This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world. A world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and ale. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. From the wounds of battle come three unlikely partners, trying to make sense of something much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Network. And oh boy, did we fuck it with those World Cup predictions. Couldn't have done it worse, you might say, when we <laughs> predicted that there was going to be an England-Belgium final. Don't, don't talk about it. Um, my dad listens and he'll be so upset to oh, be reminded. Sorry. He can't address it. Grace's dad. Oh, oh so it's, it's main to bring it up, says the loving daughter who runs the social media for that <laughs> particular father's business. And long like, way he shredded him for the use of the postcard on Instagram the other day. 
Oh, T, there was a kernel of a joke in there that was so good. Yeah, Jesus, that was that was a slow drip Steve joke. Man, send that, yeah, yeah, send yeah. that to I'll Dan Brown. We'll fucking love it. <laughs> Did you say thin it and send it to Dan Brown? Yeah. yeah. Okay, now that is the meanest thing. <laughs> hey, hey, uh, let's introduce ourselves, which we, we haven't done yet and we almost always do. Uh, I, I, the point is he writes long things, right? Is that the joke? Yes. Yeah. I am your uh, already in progress dungeon master, uh, Ben McAllister, because these mics have been hot for ooh, 17 minutes now and we're just now starting the program. Well, I, I had all these like fun footballing things, but I don't want to cause any more. We um, did that last time. Pain. Yeah, of course. So I guess I'm just... um. I'm plain Jackson. Oh, oh wow! Plain original, original flavor Jackson. White bread yeah. Jackson. Straight Jackson, no chase. Well, okay, yeah, okay. I am your other spelling of plain Thomas Owen. Oh, cool! Ooh. So now we have to decide retroactively which spelling of plain Jackson was actually intending. Well, we went with white bread for him. Yeah, so that seems you can like eat white bread flat, on like a piece of <laughs> bread. <laughs> Stupid. So you're you're um your P L A I N like the, the the rivers and plains, rolling hills, lowlands kind of Thomas Owen. I I am a Magic the Gathering land card. Is oh nice. What I'm trying to tell you. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Yep. Wow. There you go. Don't well, worry. Don't worry. M- MTG fans will love that joke. Okay. I have one, but it might be too silly, so we'll just cut it. And then okay. It. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to cut it. I'm ready to cut it. <laughs> just just gonna make a quick editor's note so I know where to cut it. So I'm just gonna see this in the feed. Just like. Yeah. Ah! Okay, so there's a big yell, in the, and then and then I'll know to cut what comes after. So just give just Grace, and we'll we'll see if we cut it. I'm, no, I can't do it. <laughs> do it, do it. I'm your hairy dog, Grace Chapel. Why is that silly? And why does it make sense? It sounded bad after I, but it's because I'm on the hair of the dog. Uh, but the then it... best thing about that is if you had just said that, I would have been like. Ha ha, this is just a joke about your hangover. But because no, you, you wouldn't, thought okay? it w- I would have. You would have made fun of me. <laughs> Alright, enough of this stupid bullshit. Shall we return to our podcast, already in progress, How to Win Loot Influence Dragons, a D&D 5e actual play for the Curio Network? Mm-hmm. I love the sound of that podcast, take me away. Alright, let's have a recap before we get taken away. When we last left our heroes, they were finally on their way out of Espera, making plans to head to Hanelport and find Alyssa Brambles, the scholar who Valeria mentioned in her notebook. The group left Espera via the web, travelling in the good ship Friendship, and quickly decided to take the vessel off-road. After some time travelling into the inky blackness, the good ship Friendship began to slow down, and eventually stopped completely. The party found that, although they could take the ship no further, it would allow them to reverse and travel back the way they'd come. Eventually, the group found the road again, but that wasn't all they found. They encountered something shocking. Another tube travelling along the glowing paths in the web. Always want to act first and ask questions later, Duncan accelerated the good ship friendship to ramming speed, and our heroes bailed out at the last minute before a gruesome collision which left no survivors. Upon searching the wreckage, the group found that the now-deceased occupants seemed to be in the service of the king, and had orders to patrol the web and create a map. That brings us to right now.
know to clarify what is on this map. Yeah. I just want to clarify for you what's on this map. You've essentially got three points in kind of like a roughly triangular shape. Shit, you were right about the hypotenuse. There's one point that it's sort of like on the center left of the page. Then there's one on like the bottom left of the page. And then there's one kind of at 45 degrees out from that up and to the right. Oh, and um, next to the one on the bottom left, there's another feature, like a little star, like an asterisk maybe, next to the point that's marked. And these sort of like dashed lines in between those points. All three of them, like triangle? No, not all three of them. Between the one on the sort of center left and the one on the bottom left. So the star's probably the one that they came through. Probably. Because they got to go back there, so they would mm. mark it. Let's just go through this... Let's just go through this obelisk. obelisk yeah. The one that's nearest you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so you guys head down to that obelisk. It probably takes you fucking half an hour on foot, at least, yeah. <laughs> considering you've smashed the tube. Uh, and yeah, you, you get there and you can sort of wait for it to sort of activate. And then as soon as it's ready to go, do you just sort of pour it on through? Weapons at the ready. Cool. Wait, hang on real quick. So are we thinking that this is like a base for like the hand, essentially? And yeah. so should we... <laughs> Oh, it's, it's really kind of like a waste of the disguises. We should almost like get dead back into what we look like so we can save this for down the line when we actually need disguises. But I threw away my hat. Wait, did you throw it away? I guess. What if we just cover our faces <laughs> in some like fabric? What, make shitty hoods for ourselves? <laughs> yeah, Jody's already got that, my dude. Wow. He's already got Jody, Jody on just copped that. Yeah. yeah, Jody pulls out two of his I other I think that's the first hoods. time someone has referenced the hood, and so he's very much like, oh, oh, that's it, right. <laughs> he pulls out two of his other failed hood experiments, and he's like, guys, I have enough for all of them. So these are the worst hoods he made while trying to figure out how to make the bad hood yeah, he's wearing. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly what they are. And We're a new come? band, Bad Hood and the Worst Hoods. Does Duncan try and fashion some little pointy ears on the top of his? <laughs> well, I don't even need to because the first hoodie made, he accidentally made it with two peaks. Yeah, right. So yeah. they're not really like bat ears, but they are like little sort of, you know, it's like a nod. It's yeah. like a nod to yeah. He nods in that direction. Yeah. It's like, you know, when Spider-Man wrestles and he doesn't really look like Spider-Man yet, but he kind of looks like Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you mean, dude. I know exactly. Like on that awesome Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. even when Batman trains with the League of Shadows and what he's wearing is like reminiscent of what he's going to end up wearing, but it doesn't yet quite look mm-hmm. like Batman. I'm going to turn invisible. Trust he's going to turn invisible. Does anyone else want to be invisible? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you can twin spells, hey? Yeah. 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 What if I we go two invisible and one hasty? Oh. Just throw everything out there. Should I be hasted? Because then they have one really quick metal boy that they're trying to target, whilst you two are just yeah. running around. <laughs> you guys unable. get down here! You won't believe this very quick metal boy. <laughs> uh, the only issue is if you're invisible, you can't do anything. Yeah, should I twin haste instead? Until we do attack them, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe like. A single haste and an invisible twin, so you guys can get into strategic positions while I cop the initial slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. It'll kind of be this thing where they think they're on top, but I'm moving more quickly than I should be, and then all of a sudden there are three of us, mm-hmm, and they're just mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah. Mm. You better believe that Jody is very much rolling with this whole Assassin's Creed vibe he kind of has going with this shitty hood. <laughs> and so, like, now that he's going in, now that he's going invisible, he's just like, risky, I got the punch. <laughs> <laughs> Is there, is there hay on the other side that you can jump into through the obelisk? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you'll, you'll find out, yeah. You guys are all Assassin's created and batman mm. Duncan's very speedy, and these other two have just gone invisible. Is it time to, to do the ritual and uh, get onto yes, the obelisk? Yes, it is. Okay, cool. Let's do you it. You do that. You feel that uh, familiar crunchy sensation as you get sucked through this obelisk, and then you pop back out on the other side. 
And... If there's no one here, we have to go looking for a fight to get up these stairs. You were in that obelisk. <laughs> you were in the web there for hours. Longer than you were, like, if you'd just fucking gone directly. And you yeah. left early in the morning. Based on the time dilation factor, I'm going to say it's, like, mid-afternoon, but you're not sure on what day <laughs> compared to when you left. When you pop out into a wooded area. You're sort of mid-afternoon sun, you're in like a, a clearing in some woods. It's an obelisk, like obelisks you've seen before, standing on top like a little stone plinth, and yeah, you're in like a forest. A familiar sort of surround, considering where you spent the first fucking three quarters of this podcast. Anything in sight? Nothing in sight, but, well, Jody has negative one on his passive, but it's still, I guess you're all looking around. Take some perception checks for me. 17? Nine. 16. I would have had 17. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even uh, need this stealth. I'm invisible right now. Oh, man. Oh, you can take the hood off if you oh, want to. <laughs> no, I, really, I really goofed this one up, guys. Oh, <laughs> Hot diggity dang. No, you don't see anything in this mid-afternoon sun, but what Jody and Drazilia both hear, but not Duncan, is a cry through the trees. Oh, not this again. <laughs> help us! Help us! Please help! You hear yelled out through I, the trees. I start running toward... Wait, I don't hear it, do I? You don't hear it. Jody, let's go. Donkey stay here. Oh, you're going to leave Duncan? I'm not, well, I'm not waiting here. We're going to sneak up and see. We'll let you know with the sending stone. What, what's the plan here? Give me the plan. Is that I think, it? I think, yeah, I think Drazi just said it. Okay, so Duncan's yeah. going to chill at the obelisk, okay. and you guys run off through the woods towards the sound. Jody definitely moves faster, so he gets there first. You're heading in some direction through the trees, and eventually you hear the sound of rushing water get faster and faster, until the trees end, and you find yourself on the bank of the river, where you can see two small dwarven children being attacked by a horrible giant frog monster, like a big, disgusting-looking, like, river frogman, and uh, two smaller little frogs. And there's, like, sort of a, a dwarf boy holding, like, a net out in front of him, like, trying to, like, fend off, um, like, these little small things, and there's a dwarf girl holding, like, a trident, like, trying to sort of hold this giant, horrible frog monster at bay. What do you guys do? Donkey, get over here. Well, I guess, given at no point I knew the cardinal direction and I couldn't see where you guys ran... Uh. <laughs> oh yeah, and you, you never heard it either. Oh, that's yeah. so funny. Um, I suppose uh, Duncan sends back. Which way? Uh, uh. Jody, use your navigation. Know, you know, yeah, yeah, navigation. Yeah, yeah, easy. Yeah, it's um, it's west. It's west that they've gone. Okay, so I leg it west. Whilst you guys have been relaying this information, one of the little frogmen gets around the net that the boy has and leaps at him and knocks him back onto the ground. What do you guys do? Does Drozzy feel like this is completely legitimate? Is there anything untoward? Uh, do you want to take a insight check? Yes, I do. Isn't, is there anything untoward about frogs trying to kill children? Oh, yeah, there is. <laughs> no, Drozzy's just looking at it like, is there anything about this But also, now? yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, it's a seventeen. We also we also had this whole experience with like the, with like the witches before. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like two like oh. fishermen children being attacked by frogs to you. Okay. Big horrible nasty frogs. All right. And whilst you guys are hesitating and Duncan's legging it over, this uh, little frog like swipes at the boy's face and he like you know gets his head knocked to the side and uh, yells out in pain. Ah, somebody help us, please! Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jody's running over. <laughs> okay. If you guys are going to do anything action-related, let's roll initiative. I'm going to say, at, at this point, uh, after that slap, Duncan's arrived at the edge of the clearing, so let's everybody roll initiative. 
17. 14. Uh, 19. 10. The first person to act, fittingly enough, is Jody, seeing as the invisible Jody is running over to this guy. I'm going to say, considering, uh, which one are you running over to? One of the two little boys or the big green awful frog man? So the, the, one of like the, like the smaller frogs, like attacked one of the boys? Yeah, yeah, has got the one boy on his like, back and it's sort of like on his chest. Yeah, so that one there, I'm going, and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm attacking that one straight away. Essentially going uh-huh. to use my concussive rod to like sort of like flick it off him, essentially. Yeah, cool. I'm going to say you get advantage on this attack because you're invisible and you, it doesn't see you coming. You basically get the drop on this other tadpole. Let's go ahead and take advantage. Ooh, three and an 11. That's okay. Um, 11 plus nine. Yeah, so uh, 20 to hit. Yeah, believe it or not, armor, not this little like greasy frogman's forte. You just yeah, hit him, yeah. you whack him directly <laughs> in his awful froggy skin. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Wonderful. So that'll be a four plus five. So nine damage. Okay, um, cool. And then I want you to imagine that I'm sort of like flicking him off the boy and then bringing him to the ground. And then I use a martial strike essentially to sort of like yeah, kick yeah. out at it. I'm imagining like, yeah, Jody runs up invisible. He's, he doesn't become visible until the rod connects. So what this little boy on the ground sees is like this copper rod just materialize in front of him and this fucking tadpole go flying off him and land on the ground next to him. And then there's just Jody standing there and leans over and punches the frog man. Make another attack roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's another 11. Uh, so that's... Yeah, so uh, another 20. Uh, yep. 19. Not using my staff, so yep. But that's an- another 9 damage. Okay, yep. He's still there. But he's looking pretty greasy. Slimy, you might say. Uh, <laughs> should I... Yeah, fuck it. Um, uh, yeah, jo- Jody then pulls out a dagger <laughs> and whispers, <gasps> Resquia Katenbache. And then <laughs> stabs the little frog. Wait, how do you do that? Two attacks, that's right. Yeah, you can multi-attack. Jesus, he's going the Assassin's yeah, Creed yeah. thing in full. Okay, make another attack roll. <laughs> okay, that's a 13 plus 8. So a... Yep. Uh, yeah, um, definite, definite yep. hit. Wonderful. Oh man, I haven't used my dagger in ages. What's the damage dice? Uh, 1d4 plus dex. Beautiful. Well, that's a 4 uh, plus dex. That's 9 damage again. Okay, you whisper your cool Assassin's Creed shit and you slide this dagger directly into the throat of this little frog man and he goes limp immediately on the ground as his horrible <laughs> frog blood slides onto your hand. Uh, next in the order, unless you have anything else you want to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to burn a key point um, to use, like, dodge, essentially. So it'll, it'll give me... Um, I haven't actually used the dodge reaction before. You look it up while we move on. Jody takes dodge, and now it's Duncan's turn. Hasty little speed boy Duncan. What do you do, buddy? I run over first to a little one. Uh-huh. Oh, one of the little ones. Yep. Gotta got to manage the initiative counts, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I power attack. Okay, uh, yeah, awesome. Because I've uh, just seen how easily Jody thwacked the thing, and I'm going to use my air conditioning advantage because thankfully I don't need to make gross jokes in front of these kids to get the inspiration uh-huh, I uh-huh, had because uh-huh. I used that for the yeah yeah okay um, that's good the skateboarding. Uh, so here's the power attack first off on this little thing. So that 15 turns into a 25 because it's not metal, I assume. And my yeah. sharpened sword is... Wait, no, sorry. Turns into 20 yeah. to hit. I was going to say, yeah. 20 does indeed hit this little tadpole boy. So how much damage does he take from your so, very, very sharp dark metal sword as it slices into his sickening flesh? He takes 11 weapon damage. That turns to 21 from the power attack. <laughs> and it turns to 26 because of the actual... Um, Strength bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is sickening. 
So what do you what do you observe here? I always imagine when people are hasted that they fucking um, have like a weird red aura glowing around them because I'm a video game boy. Oh, and, I can. Uh, yeah, or like a I don't know some kind of buff from WoW or something. And, and yeah. so what Jody sees is so so Jody like puts down this one of these two little things. If you remember, both of them were coming at the boy who was holding the net, fending them off. The other one was getting ready to pounce on Jody, and I guess that's why I took the dodge reaction. But no time to do that because Duncan streams in from the side, fully hasted, and just immediately cuts it in half. Just like <laughs> eviscerates this little frogman with one clean sweep. This like tiny little glowing mohawked mutton chopped dwarf in heavy armor <laughs> fucking slices this little frog boy in half. And uh, he, he, the two halves of his body tumble to the ground, and he looks at you with just like a really confused, sad expression as uh, his, his guts trickle out of the top half of his body. Oh, so well done, Duncan. But a bad thing happens. Wait, you've got another attack, don't you? I've got so much more going on. Okay, okay, <laughs> proceed, proceed. So I uh, step over to the big one now. Uh huh, you can yeah, definitely get there. And I power attack him as well, and this is with my uh, extra attack. Mm hmm. So. Six on the dice plus five would make it eleven. I'm going to precision maneuver to turn that into. Oh, this isn't marvelous, but will a fifteen hit? Fifteen yeah. does not hit, unfortunately. Oh. Damn. Well, anyway, Damn. I will then use my haste action to make another attack. Uh huh. And that's a crit. Oh, so, big boy. Um. I will turn this into a menace maneuver. Uh-huh. So double that um, as well. Double that, that as well. So, here we go. Let's tally this up as my sword hits the big fight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, I get to reroll that too because of my great weapon feat. So, we've got seven and seven. That's 14 on the first set of dice. Uh-huh. Then I get to reroll that one and that two from the great weapon thing. So, that's... 12, and then 13, so at the moment we're at 27, then we add the power attack, takes it to 37, (laughs) then we add the 5 from the attack bonus, 42 42 damage. Yeah, okay, wow, that is a chunky hit. So Duncan fucking eviscerates this one frog, charges over, I guess he's just angered by seeing dwarven children in peril, and he charges over and fucking slaps his sword like right into the meaty part of this big awful frogman's belly, and it sinks in like the good full breadth of the sword, and you see him like fully wince in pain. You got anything else you're doing, or is that the end of your turn? Is he still standing? He's st- oh, definitely still standing. Oh, well yeah. then I will action surge. Okay, great. Um, but you killed someone, don't you get an extra... Oh yeah, I killed someone, so I get an extra attack anyway. Okay. I don't even need to action surge. Okay, great. <laughs> Uh, that's 10, uh, it's, so that's going to be a 15 to hit, which won't do it, will it? <laughs> won't do it, I'm afraid. Um, so then I will action surge. Okay. Um, so, so, so what, two more attacks from the attack action? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Two more power attacks? Um, uh, will 18 hit? Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's power attack 18. Yep. Okay, great. Um, so that is another 25 damage. Okay, <laughs> shit, fuck me. Okay, yep. Yeah. He's definitely still there, but you, you pull your sword out of, like, the cut that you've just fucking cut into the side of this dude, and you whack it right back into that same cut, and it sinks in a little further. Like, you're cutting him down like a tree. This big, awful <laughs> frog. And <laughs> now one more attack from the yeah, yeah, one extra more attack, attack in the uh, attack action of Action Surge. Uh-huh. That's another 18 to hit. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Reroll it. Two... Seven, 
five is twelve, so that's another twenty-two damage. Okay, he's definitely oh still God. standing, but he's looking rough as you've essentially made like a not inconsiderable hole in the side of this <laughs> awful frogman's belly. But it's his turn now, and he turns to you, Duncan. That was nearly a hundred damage. Yeah, nearly one hundred of them of the damages. Oh Eighty-nine, I think, in total. He he turns to you. With a fucking expression of sheer rage on his face. You glance over and see the little dwarf girl in just shock, but also with a glimmer of hope in her eyes as she's fending off this awful frog with her trident. He opens his mouth and issues forth a jet of flame directly into Duncan, standing right next to him. Deary me. <laughs> Alright, Duncan, I'm gonna need you to go ahead and make a deck save for me as this big frog boy spews fire at you. Uh, I'm gonna use this ice colored dice to negate the fire. Okay, that's a good idea, yeah. Natural 20! A natural 20! Whoa. Yeah, dude, and it's right on the edge of the table. Look at this, I nearly would have had to. Fuck! Hey, Grace, can you tweet this for me? (laughs) The rolls! Tom, you have Twitter! Yeah, but I, like, (laughs) don't really know how to use it yet. He needs to save all his phone battery for Bumble! It's true. It's true, I do. Living on the edge, I reckon, is the caption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and living on a prayer. Ooh. Yeah, it's great. Okay, well, shit. So, having I guess that up- damage is only halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. It is only halfway there, but it is still 16 fire damage. Duncan. You take that sweet Bernie damage, and now it's the little girl holding a trident who uh, jabs this trident kind of, I don't know, she's not a warrior. She does her best. She sort of like sticks this trident into the right leg of this awful frog boy and you see him kind of barely react to it but take some damage. Uh, And then she leaves it there and turns and runs over to her brother who's on the ground having just been uh, battered by the the small little frog boy that Jody killed. Uh, And now it's Drasilia's turn. What do you do, Draz? I believe you're still invisible. Yep. Okay. I don't think you've done anything yet this combat. I'm going to just back away. (laughs) <laughs> that seems like they've got it under control. You may yeah. as well maintain the invisibility, I right? I think so. Okay, cool. Uh, so Drazi's chilling. Uh, and friendship. Th- yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, we look, crashed we're it. We're out of the friendship. And you did also. You murdered. You killed friendship in order to proceed. Uh, okay, cool. Now it's the, the little boy on the ground uh, who, who gets up with the help of his sister, and they both sort of scurry off towards the tree line. And the little boy yells out, ah, th- "Thank you!" And now we're back around to my good boy Jody, who I believe is standing over the corpse of one of these little little frog boys. I'm gonna try and get on the giant frog's back, and then uh, just like rain death from above with my concussive. Whoa! <laughs> Getting on his back, you say? Okay, yeah, let's yeah, figure yeah. that out, shall we? All right, what are you what are you trying to do? Because he's, he's not he's not enormous. Like he's class size medium. So what exactly are you trying to do on his back? Just like get on top of ah, it? Right in my pony. Right in my frog man. Um, you can definitely just like jump into his back and hit him. But if you want to like stay on top of him, I don't know what would you what is it to the climb Strength on his gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're gonna resolve this Jody thing. Um, let's Jacko. I'm gonna say make your attack roll to jump at this guy, and then Great. based on what happens as a result of that, we'll decide how you can go about clambering onto his back. Great. Well, I rolled a two. Um, Ooh, boy. But, uh, so, yeah, an 11. Uh, oh, the 11 is with, with your modifier? Yeah. Yeah, so that is that is not going to hit, unfortunately. Um, you've got other attacks, though, right? 
I guess I've probably, like, if, if I've tried to, like, run up and climb on top and then, like, attack downwards, essentially, I guess I've probably just, like, fallen off halfway up, given how poorly I rolled. Yep, the way I'm doing this is that your first attack was kind of like a jump strike at him, and then on a successful attack, I was gonna let you, like, try and, like, hold on to him. But I think you just fall off him, so you're, like, you miss him, and you're, like, you, you, I'm gonna see you jump in, but he's a big frog boy, and you kind of, like, bounce off him comically, because he's very, like, you know, soft and squishy, uh, and you're kind of, like, landing. You probably land, like, a little bit in the river, uh, and you're next to this frog boy though so you can get up and attack him again and try again I think I I chill down there and I like press my concussive rod into its like sort of like knee pivot thing that frogs have ooh and you uh, try and knock and him down I no I press the button and try and blow off his kneecap with my concussive rod yeah yeah so you try and like oh. knock him to one knee by fucking rod. concussive rod yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice yeah, yeah, yeah. make that attack roll give me that damage and let's see what happens to the boy I'm gonna start using that line during sex 15 give me that damage 15 attack roll? Uh, fi- no, sorry, 15 plus 9. Okay, yeah, so that so hits. That one really just slid yep. past, eh? So what we, what we say, it was a 2d6, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great, so that is 10 damage. And then I will damage. use a... Yep. I'm going to give him a con save to try and stay upright. Yeah, he rolled an 8, and I was playing him against a damage. So he definitely buckles at the knee uh, with his immense pressure behind and falls down. Uh, on, he's essentially prone now by the river, riverside. Oh, great. Okay. Um, has, has, he, has he fallen towards me then, I guess? Yeah, I think if you hit someone in the back of the knee, would you fall forwards or backwards? You kind of crumple downwards, probably ultimately backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fallen backwards back towards you, for sure. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, I'm just going to, like, fucking judo chop him then. Yeah, nice. <laughs> 22 to hit. Uh-huh. And what's that? 1d6 plus 4. 5 plus 4. 9 damage. Oh, man. That's such a chunky unarmed strike. Good, good yeah, judo dude. chopping. Nice. Thank All right, you. cool. So he gets he gets judo chopped. Then it's Duncan's turn. you got this nice. prone frogman in front of you, and you're hasted. Well, with my haste, I'm going to give him the taste. I think things are going to go bad for Frogboy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're going to go bad. I've burned a fair bit of abilities and stuff, but... You don't have I've still got more to offer. Okay, so first off, I am going to try to do. I want you to picture like when Link or King Arthur like pulls a sword out of a stone. Okay, like but I want to do that time? backwards. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a grim image. A grimage, if you will. <laughs> oh, this uh, six is hardly going to do it, but. Uh, six plus nine, uh, and he's non-metal. <laughs> he's non-metal, so we're coming nice. out at 16 to hit. 16 does hit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So he's With your non-metal plus one from that yeah, grindstone, yeah. that's good. 10, uh, 15 damage? Yeah, that is damage that he takes. He's had it had done to him now, as you drive this sword into him. Uh, do, you, do you reckon you try and target that same fucking gash that you've been cutting in his sides? Oh, time? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to seesaw the sword backwards and forwards whilst it's inside him. Oh, so yeah. my next my next attack action is pushing the sword like away from myself. Like I'm really like think of like a track trolley problem lever, but it's like a sword and it's already oh, inside yeah. him. Oh. <laughs> so you're just like wiggling it. Back <laughs> and basically trying to jam it into multi track drifting yeah, by right. just moving my sword really quickly. So that one is like twenty five to hit. Yep, that's going to be another. Eight plus five is thirteen damage. Uh huh. 
and then I'm going to get... Oh, he's not liking that. He's kind of writhing around as you're uh, j- jibbling, jigg- jiggling this sword around inside his yeah, guts. Yeah, yeah, I'll bet. And you're then... stirring that frogman's guts. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Okay, I don't know if I can recover from that image. Um, I... Fuck. Um, yeah, that's what I've heard. <laughs> 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 I now will use my haste attack. Okay, great. 1828. Uh, yep. I really should have been using some power attacks up in here, but anyway. Yeah, wow. Oh, dearie me. And that damage is going to be... Oh, bugger. You know what? I'm going to scream into his face oh. whilst jerking it oh, around intimidate. to make it a yeah, menace nice. maneuver attack. Yeah, a menace maneuver. Okay, so bonus damage. Yep. That's some nice rolls there. So we're going to get... 10, 17, 22 damage. Yeah, wow. As I scream... uh, What do you say to the frog boy? I think probably... Now, don't confuse this one with an editing note, but I think I just go... (laughs) Oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's cool. What languages does he speak? Does he speak Dwarven? Because that means a lot in Dwarven. No, he doesn't speak Dwarven, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't know. Did you guys know this? The the Dwarven language in D&D canonically sounds like... Where did yeah. you get that? Wow. From like Mike Merles on Twitter or something? No, that's just fresh off my delightful imagination. Oh, very cool, dude. Oh, well, it's so a when good you say thing. The canon, you're talking about the inner brain canon. You're talking about your yeah. own personal <laughs> mouth canon. Yeah, my it's own, a good thing. My own packables canon. It's a good thing that you decided to use that personal mouth cannon, that personal yeah. mouth cannon, in order to scream because with that extra damage, he is in fact dead, and he dies in probably the most horrific imaginable way, with a man just like <laughs> wiggling a sword around in his innards whilst screaming in his face it's a pretty pretty rough way to go out and the best thing is I know that by the letter of the law of this game he died afraid (laughs) (laughs) oh no the best thing Hey, it's me, the Big B. Just checking in in the middle of the show, as per usual. How you doing? Make sure you stay hydrated for this longer-than-usual episode. I hope you've got snacks in the drawer, nice and cosy. Thanks, as always, for listening and sharing the show and getting in touch. It really means a lot, and we're seeing growth in listenership, which is just so encouraging. You all rule. We know we can keep growing, so remember to share the show with friends if you want to help us out, or just go rate and review the show wherever you listen so it gets bumped up and others can find it. The Halloween and Christmas specials from last year, along with the Lime episode and the Heroes recap, as we called it, are really good jumping off points if you do want to share the show with someone who's never listened before. Just a quick programming note for you to round it out. By popular demand, the next episode that goes up will almost certainly be something a little bit different. We jokingly floated it a few apps back, and people seem to like the idea, so we're actually going to do a DM's birthday special, which T will be running. The episode will be going up on the week of my actual birthday, and it'll be outside of the regular canon, which is really good because it means I can take the week off DMing and editing and focus on finishing my fucking PhD for a little while. Anyway, that's it for me. I won't take up any more of your time. Please enjoy the rest of the show. He was abusing dwarven children, and I won't stand for it. Yeah, that is true, and they were specifically dwarven children. Great, you're out of combat. You've done it, guys. Congratulations. You survived. You You survived yet another one of my wonderful traps. (laughs) Your ghoulish traps. What do you guys do? I think I probably hurry over to the children, and I think Duncan's kind of like, you guys are right. 
The children are kind of like away from the river, because if you remember, this is sort of on the riverbank, into the trees, and kind of like several trees away, kind of peering around. The little boy doesn't say much, but the little girl says, Yeah, we're all right. Uh, it was pretty scary. Uh, thanks for coming along when you did. I don't know what we would have done otherwise. For what it's worth, Jody just walking around, just being like, Drazi! <laughs> She's like, what's, uh, what's up with your friend over there? He's, he's, what language is that? <laughs> are you speaking Dwarven, by the way? Yeah, yeah. So the kids and I are just kind of standing there going, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, great. These kids are basically like, uh, yeah, thanks for, for helping us out. It was kind of scary. Um, we should probably get... We should probably head home, really. I mean, we lost the fish that... Yeah, they... They straight up knocked the bag out of my brother's hand and the fish spilled back into the river and so we don't need to keep going. Uh, we should go home. Uh, thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll get my brother home. Whereabouts is home for you? She Ooh. eyes you and then casts... Oh, come now, Jackson. I want to see the children home safely. Of course, but a somewhat confronting situation for these two children when they've just seen one one of us, like, assassinate, like, ritual, ritualistically assassinate uh, a fucking little frog, and then the other one who's <laughs> like a seesaw as he screams in his face. And then you're like, yeah, we're, we're about to time. <laughs> Anyone I can seesaw back there? <laughs> she looks at you hard for a moment and then says... As I think you'll understand, sir, um, I'm a little reluctant to pass on that information. What exactly are you guys doing here? Who are you? I mean, we're very grateful, but you must understand it's a little weird that the two of you just come streaming out of nowhere and absolutely murder some of these awful, awful frogs. Uh, <laughs> what's the deal here? Look, don't worry. We're just on our way to Hannelport. Uh, that makes sense. That's, uh, that's where we were headed before we lost the... The fish, so, uh... You keep yeah. bringing up these fish. Do you want me to, like, help you catch more fish? Well, there's plenty of fish catching back home. We were catching fish, and we were going to bring them to Hannelport and sell them, but now, well... Well, we look, here. Um, How much would them. you normally get for the fish? Uh, oh, boy. Uh, She kind of, like, looks at her... Looks, she, she looks at her little brother. He kind of, like, raises his eyebrows, and then they look back at you, and she says... Yeah, usually, like, at least... Five gold pieces for a bag of fish this good. She, she, as she's saying this, she's eyeing up your plate armor and your like fancy dark metal sword. You're playing this trick on the wrong man. <laughs> oh my god! Don't kill uh, them, Tom. <laughs> I'm not gonna kill them. I'm just gonna cut off their legs. So they tell me the truth. <laughs> oh how much the fish cost? Yeah. How much the fish cost? <laughs> your dwarves and children, but I'll still make you shorter. <laughs> She kind of pales a little bit as you, you make the not leg cutting off threat. I assume that was a joke, but yeah. more generally, um, don't go for it. And she says, uh, yeah, just a joke. Uh, honestly, uh, a gold piece for the whole bag would be a pretty good day's, day's sale at the markets. So, uh, we're gonna, gonna head back home and, and get some more fish and probably head back and see what we can do. Where is Jersey in relation to this encounter? Wherever you want to be. I would like to walk up behind these children while still invisible and <laughs> whisper in their ear, you can trust these men. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> um, the little boy screams. The little girl looks around, startled. Uh, and the little boy says, Come on, sis, we should... Let's just go, let's just go, let's just go. And uh, she kind of glances back at Duncan one more time and then says, Yeah, sorry, mister. Uh, 
We're just gonna go, and they just turn and start running through the woods. <laughs> Goof that up. <laughs> yeah, you're not okay. kidding. Yeah, that's not terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It kind of sounds like you saved Duncan a couple of gold pieces. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, there I was about to be charitable, and you really, really forced my hand away from me. <laughs> You could chase them down. Well, I considered saying I throw a coin at them as they run, and I was like, "That's just a weird image." Yeah, like, yeah it's like it's like the Wolf of Wall Street when the police leave his boat and he's throwing money at them. Yeah, it's and, like, exactly like that. Stuff. Actually, yeah, mm. but it's I'm exactly the Wolf like of it. Wall Street, mm. and the children are police officers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, maybe that's it, dude. Maybe they are and they're the police children officers. are police officers. <laughs> That's a great episode title. <laughs> the gap between me and my quaaludes. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so after the children run away into the woods, I'm going to say all of your sending stones crackle to life. Ooh. And you hear the familiar call of... Mine doesn't go off though. I don't get Slack notifications. Yeah, yours is muted. But you, you guys hear the familiar voice of your good good pal Garrick where he says, Jody, Drasilia, Duncan, come in. Uh, haven't heard from you in a couple of days. What... What's going on? Did you get to Hanelport safely? How was the web? What's what's the situation? Well, Garrick, the web is a dark and scary place, but yes. we made it through. We T-boned some people in there. Um, Wait, what? Who did you... What? 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 You T-boned who? It's, um... It, it, uh, <laughs> forensic science is not yet um, educated enough to determine who they were. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys suffice to say you, you relay the details of, of that interaction rather yeah. than us recapping it online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yes. we explained to yeah. Garrick that we invented car crashes. Okay, fantastic. Um, I think by this point Garrick has brought both. What's that chick's name? Dude, I don't know. You're the one with the plot Bible. Elena. Yeah, yeah. And um, we could just call her Elaine. Just Alpha. slowly turn this into Seinfeld. What do you mean? Elaine. It's like that idea for a modern Seinfeld episode where Kramer rents out his apartment on Airbnb mm. and then there's like this little snippet of dialogue there next to the idea and it's like it's Kramer true. says, I'm making money hand over fist. And Jerry's like, but you're homeless. It's That's true. my terrible Seinfeld impression. What's the deal with Airbnb? <laughs> comedians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> George, what are you doing <laughs> here? Kramer, <he's> a- <laughs> All right. Lick those stamps. I think... <laughs> like the only one I've seen. Yeah. I'm the master of my domain. Um, so by this point, Garrick's brought over Alvar and Elena, and they're all kind of just like mutually shocked at the fact that uh, you guys encountered some people working with the king in the web. And Alvar steps in and says, so it seems that, um, well, I guess we kind of knew or assumed that they had some pieces or at least one. I guess that means that someone with a piece must have been near one of these obelisks to drop off the, uh, drop off the troops. Where did you come out? You came out in a forest, you said. Yeah, near some kids who were fishing. Oh, that's strange. You know, uh, that famous landmark, Fishing Kids? More data um, for, for us all about the web and its dilation. <laughs> um, you've been gone, you've been out of contact for about mm, two and a half days. Uh, last we heard from you before you set off in the web, and uh, here we are in communication now. So, not sure how long you spent in uh, web time, as it were, but yes, you've definitely been underground. And we're getting in touch, because in those days, well, I'll pass you back over to Garrick. He's acquired some... Potentially troubling news. Oh, dear. And Garrett gets back on the blower and says, Ah, uh, yeah, g'day. Uh, <clears throat> so, uh, look, uh, I've been doing some digging around. Uh, as you know, Alvar and I have been looking into ways to get into the military high command here in Gartha City. Well, I don't know if digging's the fastest way. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, uh, as you might expect, Stupid. I've been digging up some of our old friends and, uh, uh, you know... Let them rest in peace, mate. <laughs> some... <laughs> some grave robbing consulting the bones I conducted a seance I summoned all of our old dead friends from the war I'm being possessed have you been rolling those butt bones the dungeon dice <laughs> the dungeon dice <laughs> so I've been contacting some of our old associates and uh, some of my old colleagues and uh, well I've heard that uh, Carthen military intelligence has recently acquired an asset in the form of a prisoner and uh, what's more, I believe it's someone that the three of you might know. Remember your old buddy Marcus? Marcus Aurelius? No, uh, Marcus, no last name that you left on the Marcus, streets of Curran. Marcus, wait here, we'll be right back. Yeah, that you left on the streets of Curran. Uh, seems like in the... Uh, was ra- he the, um, the cute, the cute half-elf? Was that, we was ne- that Marcus? I don't think we ever determined. You couldn't figure it out, really. As far as I recall from Drasilia's accounts, she wasn't quite sure. <laughs> But uh, according to, to my sources, he, he got picked up in the aftermath of that bar brawl. I guess he tried to come in and help you guys as you instructed him to. And uh, yeah, really just got caught up in the thick of things and uh, has, has been in jail. Uh, and well, suffice to say that uh, your wanted status is renewed. They've got updated descriptions, at least of, of that time. Uh, not up to that enough, man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they know you They let her be a little bit faster than that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, no one can match you guys for costume changes, but... <laughs> suffice to say they're... Suck it, Beyonce. <laughs> suffice to say they're looking for you, and they know you're in the West. Did these sources have anything to say about how attractive Marcus actually is? <laughs> Also, did you say, did these horses have anything to say about Marcus? Because I love that idea. <laughs> Just he's the horse whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> horses like, yeah. how cute's that boy? <laughs> <laughs> the horse is like, I'm sorry, I'm not in for that. I'm sorry, I'm a horse. <laughs> yeah, take your centaur shit away from me. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, suffice to say, I haven't done any cuteness reporting, but I can do some asking around if you'd like Drasilia. Anyway, um, just figured I'd let you guys know uh, you might have a bit of a hard time at any military checkpoints or anything, so just just keep that in mind. Thanks, Garrick. Do you know where they're holding Marcus? Yeah. I believe they're holding him in the uh, command within Carthus City. So we have a man on the inside, is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Elena pipes up on the thing and says, Yeah, um, don't know if you remember my uh, two friends who were also there, uh, who I think you, you stole all their weapons, Jody. Um, yeah, they got they got they got got two. So uh, yeah, they're, they're they're in there as well. So in terms of yeah, people on the inside, I guess three. If you want to think about it that way, uh, I know those guys. That they're, they're pretty so cool. If you think about it, it's been a lot of great preparation. <laughs> um, so. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, I, I guess you guys should be making your way to Hamilport. Uh, when you get there, see if you can... And Garrick just kind of, like, pushes pushes her away from the setting zone and is like, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, she she really does love to travel on. Uh, <laughs> we'll let you get back to it. And uh, he signs out. Well, so... Where, where are we, Jody? Man of the stars. <laughs> That is a wonderful thing to say to someone. Oh, man!
Run away, sing in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Jody. Yeah, can can Jody get a sense of? He knows he's northeast of Espera, some distance in a forest. So if he looks at a map, probably not hard to intuit. You're somewhere in the car wood. Interesting. I think we should follow the children. I will also say this. You're probably somewhere in the Carwood. You also know you went west and hit the river. So you're probably somewhere in the Carwood on the east side of the river. The children said that they were coming from their town to Espera. Ha- to Hanalpur. Hanalpur. Yeah. So... Oh, so we walk away from Really, we want to go in the opposite direction to the way that I just walked. Definitely, if you want to head in the direction of Hanalpur, Tony knows where southeast is, which you know is going to be roughly the direction of Hanalpur. So Let's like, do it. Let's go southeast. You can just go southeast. Let's do it. So w- was this like the obelisk we went through that was closest, that we assumed was the obelisk that our uh, T-boned friends came through? You didn't really get to the bottom of that. So like, just to recap, on that map, right. you basically had three points. One on like the middle left of the page, one on the bottom left of the page with a little asterisk next to it, and one sort of off up and to the right at like a 45 degree angle. Um, oh shit, I just had a really interesting idea. Go on. Those points would kind of line up with where we are off to the right, down left towards Espera, and then up north from there to Carthus. Should we follow these children? Well, I feel like the child lied to me. And that really put me off them. I thought, I just, like, so, uh, mischievous little dwarven children trying to get some pocket yeah, money exactly. would kind of warm want, your heart. five more gold of your hundreds of gold. <laughs> I am lawful good. <laughs> you children are attempting to inflate the trade price of these fish. I won't have it. I must exact capital punishment. The only good asset of all is his free trade. We have to remember that Duncan's floor is he's always down the fight. Um. <laughs> all right, well, what should we do, my traveling comrades? That's out of character. Druzzy didn't say that. That was just me. <laughs> she was still never invisible, Druzzy. Druzzy, still invisible, comes up and is like, why are you guys still staring after these kids? Let's go. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, I don't know what to do. I feel like it's a real moral dilemma. There's children running through the woods. I have no measure of for how safe they are. They're fine. They felt safer alone than with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think at this point it would be inappropriate to try and be near them. To just chase down some children <laughs> yeah, who've run yeah. away from, from you through the woods. Okay, Nito, just opening up the plot like Bible, delete page of child backstory, and yeah. let's move on. <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. No, no but it's all good because the last time we ditched an NPC that BMAC thought was going to be more was going to be more important. He, he informed just, on you. Yeah. He <laughs> so next thing, these children are going to be fucking tortured by the king <laughs> just for having been near us in one episode. <laughs> No, the children were spies, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as the children are running away. What if they were changelings? Yeah, as the children are running away, you actually see them both turn into giant black dragons and fly off into their heads. Just turn the whole way around and look back at us. Oh, gross! Yeah, 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 definitely. Don't describe children doing things like that. Yeah, that's scary. Man, I saw Hereditary (laughs) last night. Speaking about spooky children, Mm -hmm. that's the spooky children in that movie. How is it? It's pretty spook. Like I would say, it's more it's more disturbing than it is spooky, but it is pretty spooky. Anyway, so you guys are going Hanalport. We're on the road to Viridian City. City. Gracie's dancing in her seat. Half yeah. a glass of wine will do that to you. <laughs> this might be our most esoteric episode yet. Yeah. Everyone was like, man, what a great episode that was. Whoa. I can't wait for two weeks' time when they do something really guys, esoteric. That's lightning. That's lightning. Gotta leave that in the Did we get it on mic? Yeah. yeah. This is spooky. It's spooky over here, Jack. Do you hear how spooky our lives are, Jackson? Yeah. 
Yeah. Are you getting any spook weather over there, or is Tony Gallardi keeping the storms at bay? <laughs> Tony Gallardi's standing on top of, I don't know, what's an iconic building in Sydney. Just the Sydney. The Harbour Bridge? Yeah, Opera House. He's standing like, yeah. on top of the Opera House, just like fighting the thunderstorm. Fuck, that's, it's like the only famous building in Australia. Tony Gallardi's there in his fucking potato suit, and he's like, when you're in a potato, Jaeger. You can fight the hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> out of Sydney Harbour. Oh my god! I literally was like, "Why did you say Jaeger?" Right? Because I haven't seen Pacific Rim, but I've just like seen the trailers enough that I kind of gradually got there. I definitely is... watched Pacific Rim Uprising on the plane home from Germany recently, and it was a pretty good time. <laughs> and that conversation's done. I it's like, yeah, brief, brief film corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody said um, anything as cool as when you're in a Jaeger, you can fight the hurricane. But you know. Yeah, let's. We're gonna move on now. Okay, great. So you guys are just walking to Hannibal, hey? Just heading that straight southeast direction. Yeah. All right. So you guys head southeast, and I'm gonna say by the time it's it's dark, you've sort of come to the edge of the woods, and you can see the plains. Is it dark now? Well, it was mid afternoon, and now yeah. it's dark. So I guess we'll have to make out. That's right. You all better start making out. Ah. Um, you've come to the edge of the carwood, and you can see planes before you that lead down to what you can probably see as a dot on the horizon is the town of Hanelport. Now, I believe Jody has probably quite extensive experience of Hanelport. I don't think Drazilia will ever have been there. Do you think Duncan has ever been to Hanelport before in his travels? Um... Uh, is there is there military installation there? It'd be more navy. Navy, like Channing Tatum in Hail Caesar. Yeah, exactly like that. So it's it's like a big Channing Tatum. It's that it's the Channing Tatum Navy. It's all Channing Tatums on boats. But we ain't gonna <laughs> see no dames. Suffice to say, Duncan probably hasn't been to Hannelport before. Uh, but Jody probably recognizes this. Yeah, planes leading up to Hannelport reasonably well. So you, you're pretty confident of where you are now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's getting dark, and you can see that indeed that's Hannelport. You're approaching from the kind of northwest. What do you think you guys are doing? Are you pressing on through the night? Are you camping out? What's the what's the vibe? Let's press on through the night. Yeah. Okay. I am the night. We yeah. need to sleep. So you guys basically you walk along through the night, and at some point, Drazilia has ceased to be invisible. Unfortunately, <laughs> that uh, that effect is worn off. So if if you look at this map, you can kind of see there's like a road that leads out of Hanelport northwest. There's a road that leads out kind of mostly north, but a little bit northeast, and there's a road that leads kind of mostly east. Can we see all of those at once? Well, you're kind of like, the way I see it, you're kind of like approaching on a diagonal in between the road that's kind of mostly north and a little bit east and the road that's mostly west and a little bit north. You're kind of coming on in between those. You, Jody, are probably familiar with the layout of Hannaport, which is that this city is essentially, like, the main part of the city is quite fortified and quite walled off. But there is a region of the city known as Portside, which is far less restricted. So essentially, like, those three roads that lead into town all meet with, like, guard gates where people are checking papers, basically on your way in and out of town. Merchants come in, they have to show, you know, who they are, what they're there to sell, blah, 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 blah. People travelling, etc. and so forth are going to be questioned by guards. But on port side, obviously because of the high volume of trade and stuff coming in and out, it's it's sort of run by, like, the port authority rather than the actual militia. And so it's, like, lower restrictions. You can basically wander in and out of port side and sort of a, you could say less nice part of town that you would find down there for, for, for Fremantle <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so you there's like, you know, bars and inns and stuff that are maybe a little bit less reputable down in Portside. Uh, but, you know, also just like trading posts and stuff for people who bring in their wares and don't want to bother with the hassle of like heading all the way into the city and whatnot. So it's just kind of like a little community built around the port. You know, Jody, that that's probably your best bet in terms of getting to the city without getting too much guff. Guff. Yeah, I, I think it. Jody probably relays, relays that brief exposition about uh, Hamilport and is basically just like, I think um, there was a lot of information traded between different, uh, whether it be bartenders or different traders in Portside. So if you want to find Miss Brambles, then um, then I think Portside is the way to go. And also keeping a lo- low profile as well. Yeah, so do you guys kind of like skirt around the outer walls of the city or do you get really close to the walls of the city? How close do you get to the city? Before I reckon we start? kilt around the outside walls of the city. That's cool, dude. How, how close do you get before you start uh, heading sort of around and, and in from the side? Or- Military operator Duncan, you want to take this? Yeah, yeah. Tactics man, take over. <laughs> Let's uh, give it a wide berth. Okay, so you guys probably, after heading out of the woods, you kind of make a direct line for port for a while before turning essentially due south to head down to the coast and approach it from the side. As you get closer to the city, those of you who haven't been here before would be regarding it for the first time. And what you would essentially see is a city that looks buttoned down tight. Most of the buildings are kind of lower and squat, like even the taller ones. I mean, it's it's not like they're just like single story. Some of them are, you know, three, four stories tall, but they're kind of wide and broad. The walls are thick. Essentially, it looks like a city that is accustomed to having to deal with hard coastal weather blowing in off the sea. So none of the buildings are really tall enough for Tony Gallardi to stand on top of. And fight the hurricane <laughs> and his potato Jaeger. No, there's no, <laughs> there's no such buildings in sight. I mean, there is one building that is like noticeably taller than the others, which Jody would recognize And as... noticeably like sporting a uh, Tony Gallardi up there as well. Yeah, a man in a large potato suit. Yeah. Um... When you say potato suit, is it a potato sack? <laughs> no, I'm imagining it's a Jaeger made of potatoes. You've seen Pacific Rim, Gracie. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you see this one building that, that is noticeably taller than the others, which seems to be sort of in the centre of town, that Jody would recognise as the headquarters of the Trade Federation, which is probably... <laughs> <laughs> probably the, like, most powerful group within Carthus other than the government. So we walk up to the port side of the city? So yeah, allow me to clarify. Around this sort of low, squat, buttoned-down city you see this wall that essentially it's square it runs around all four sides of it and then there's these gates but then yes you can see sort of spilling out of the south side out of the south gate of the city is what Jody knows as port side where there's a collection of again small sort of reinforced wood and stone largely one and two story buildings it sort of like looks like it, it sort of lacks regimented planning it's a little bit all over the place this is definitely for, for Fremantle this is definitely <laughs> the biggest city you guys have been in in this program and I'm gonna say probably the biggest city Drozzy's been in in her life. So... Oh, little girl, big city. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> So, what's your dream? <laughs> oh. Yeah, you can see the, the, the familiar smells from the little, like, uh, various sort of inns and taverns and stuff. Like salted fish side. and yeah. droidicas. And roast fish and also burning droidicas, yes. So, yeah, you've got all these very sort of ramshackle buildings. You can see the port itself, for which Portside is named, off further to the south, where there's a number of jetties, including the Grand Jetty, which 
seems to contain largely Carthan navy vessels uh, that, you know, again, Jody would be aware of all this. And then there's sort of the traders' what, what, jetties. What are the naval ensigns? Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, <laughs> so there'd be the various traders' jetties that sort of basically decrease in niceness the further away from the grand central jetty you get. And then there are sort of the private jetties where uh, people who don't have their official trade licenses might dock their boats. And Jody probably knows from his time uh, in and out of Hanelport that if you are looking for something a little bit dodgy, those private jetties and the sort of surrounding taverns and markets around there, like, that's where you want to be. Hey, uh, Jody, when you lived here, what kind of stuff do you think you were doing? Like, do you think you were kind of attached to some very legitimate operations or were they maybe a little more illegitimate? Like, what what, what side of port side, if you will, did Jody mostly hang out in? Um, I think it was a real, uh, rags to slightly nicer rags story for Jody. Um, <laughs> I think he, he ended up, definitely started on the, on the sort of, like, the, um, the more illicit side of things. He wasn't, he wasn't like a drug mule or anything, but just, like, you'd, you'd get, like, sort of random orders and, like, um, it was just kind of, like, anything goes a little bit. What are you looking horrified at, Tim? He said anything goes, and now it's, like, naval stuff, anything goes. Oh, my God! Sutton Foster comes tap dancing yes! down the main jetty. Yes, we're gonna do a musical episode. Yeah, in olden what? days, a glimpse of stuff and worth my time is something chocolate now. Who knows? Anything goes. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Okay, uh, Jody. We actually should do a musical episode, guys. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm very <laughs> Oh my goodness. The whole musical episode. <laughs> so, sorry, I was gonna say, um, Jody, like, definitely started there, but then would have, would have spent, like, the last, like, year, year and a half on a specific, uh, merchant trading ship. And okay. So that's, that's where he, like, he, he, like, the same crew and that sort of thing. So he yeah, started yeah. up, like, just doing any, any old job, but ended up with a particular... So one um, of the nicer, probably closer to the closer to the Grand Jetty, like official merchants, and probably yeah. you could like spend exactly. a good amount of time actually in Hanelport proper. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Cool. So are you guys heading for anywhere in particular? What's your what's your vibe? Drazi was was talking about getting a, a room in an inn in the dodgy part of Portside. Do you think that vibes with the rest of you or what? Tactically speaking, probably a good idea. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I think. I think we're gonna have to go a little, a little get, get our hands dirty in Handleport a bit to find out what we need to know. So yeah, let's um, I think let's head down to that part of town. And how's that rain? Yeah, it's really coming down over here. It's very ambient. <laughs> All right, cool. So you guys, you guys head over to probably a uh, part of town that Jody hasn't been in in quite a while, seeing as he uh, spent the last few years in in Handleport in the nicer part of town. And yeah, you've got a selection of these sort of low inns where you can see. I mean, it's night now; it's well and truly night, seeing as you guys walked on across the plains through the night. So there are low inns, but there are any are there any high outs? Yes, there are high outs, and lots of people making out in the street. Um, but no, genuinely, probably the, the the closer you get to the actual docks in this uh, kind of further away from the Grand Jetty part of Portside, you find that things get a little bit dodgier. Like there's, you know, people playing dice games in alleyways. Does there's... anybody try to sell us any death sticks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone tries to sell you death sticks, but then you can try and Jedi mind trick them. So, all right, Jody, can I get you to make a? I'm going to say just like a straight wisdom check. Ooh, easy. Uh, that's a 14 plus 3, so 17. Okay, cool. Then allow me to ask you this. What is your goal from getting this in? Hunker down for the night? I remember one step at a time, dude, and I know we needed to get to Hanelport, but... Yeah. You're ultimately trying I've... to find someone called Alyssa Brambles who works we... at... That's right. Yes. Yes. University here. Yes. University here? Yes. Yeah. 
Oh, well, let's go to dodgy inns and try and find schmoozy students who are enjoying slumming it, and we can use them as cover to get into the university. Okay, if you wanted to find dodgy... If you wanted to find, like, students slumming it, you're probably going to be on the more, like, gentrified end of Portside than the really genuine slummy part of Portside. Dude, dude, when I was a student, I went to the clink. That is not the nice end of free. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like... People out of Australia, uh, Fremantle is a town near Perth. South of Perth that yeah. was a port and is actually, actually very lovely. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was there this morning walking around and I legitimately was like, wow, fuck, this is why people love Fremantle. I like turned a quarter and I was like, this is beautiful. It's so, super gentrified. That's so Perth. Yeah. It's also where Jacko's footy team is from. Anyway, so, all right, <laughs> is that your plan? You guys going to go try and buddy up to some, some students? I would say I would say this with with Jacko's seventeen wisdom check with Jody's seventeen wisdom check he'd be aware of these things yes there will indeed be students from the university probably hanging out in the like still dodgy because it's all a bit dodgy but nicer part of Portside there are also there exist operations in the dodgier parts of Portside that specialize in getting things without documentation in and out of the city well. Yeah, let's go for students. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get some papers. All right. In that case, I would say Jody. You probably know. I, I'm not even sure if Jody has ever been here himself, but he probably knows from his time here that there is an inn called the Fat Chook in uh, one of the grungier private jetty areas of Portside, where there exists a group known as the Black Hens, run by this kind of like. You could say trader, you could say pirate. This dark elf woman named Moko. And she is essentially the person that you want to talk to if you're trying to if you're trying to eh, yeah. smuggle some goods or get something that maybe fell off the back of a military ship. <laughs> <laughs> I can Jody um actually has been here once before because that's where he would have got his papers originally to move into the nicer part of Hamilport. Because Jaboy fled a <laughs> Jaboy fled a like a monastery, like didn't have much on him to prove yeah. who he was. Um, okay, this will be a return so you- visit for. So maybe this is how Jody this is how Jody knows about Moko and the Black Hens and the Fat mm, Chook mm, mm. from having actually visited this part once before in order to get some papers that allowed him to work on these merchant ships. That's do, cool. I like that. Let's do hold, let's make do it the Black Hens sell chocolate under the brand Moko Black? Um, no, they probably smuggle chocolate from the Halfling Kingdom to the south, yeah. where they make all the best chocolate. Yeah, what's that Halfling Kingdom called? Uh, Lumpaland. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he crushed it. Another song for musical episode. Yes, Lumpa Dumpa Di Do. Yes, very good. Okay, so you you can make your way to the Fat Chook in the the dodgy part of Portside, and do you guys just uh, wander on in? There's got to be like a secret knock, right? Or something like that, you know? The inn you can walk straight into. The Fat Chook masquerades as a genuine inn hiding in plain sight. Cool. Yeah, I guess we just stumble on in then. Yeah. Okay. You stumble on in and this inn, despite this being the biggest city you've ever been in, looks like any number of dodgy backwaters you've been in in your time. There, a dive, you might say. Yeah, you might call it a dive. There are, I mean, there's like a, a bar that's dirty. 
and there's a sort of grim looking dude standing behind it. There's, you know, various booths around the outside with various characters looking down, uh, keeping their voices low. There's a few people who are a little more raucous, no music, dark room, a few eyes sort of are cast up at you as you walk in, but uh, mysterious figures who sort of almost look like they're trying to be inconspicuous and nothing strange around here, so you don't draw too much attention. I think Duncan probably walks straight up to the barman and says... Good evening, sir. I was just wondering if you knew where I could find a red rooster or a black hen. <laughs> do, you, do you actually do that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you walk straight up to the bar and ask how to find a black hen. Yeah. Okay. He... Okay, I'll, I'll... <laughs> he is shocked for a moment, but just a moment. You see, like, he's a little bit shocked at how brazen you are about coming in here requesting a well-known criminal gang. But also uh, fast food. Like, yeah. I'll a- take either one. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah. You see, like, the, the briefest expression of shock uh, come over his face, and then you see his eyes very quickly dart to a booth in the back corner, and then back onto you, where he coolly says, I wouldn't know anything about that, especially if I didn't know who was asking. Fair enough. Just an ale, then, please. He pulls you an ale and puts it down on the counter and then says, I have to go get some stuff out back. And he walks away from the bar. I think probably I want to glance over at the booth he looked at. Yeah, cool. So you see this guy disappear behind the bar and then a few minutes later, uh, he walks out from behind the bar and sort of walks back out into the inn and sort of starts, like, you know, heading around to these booths and addressing the tables. And what, what did I see in the, yeah. at the booth, though, while he was gone? So we're getting there. So, so you look over the booth while he was gone. You see a back booth with probably five or six people sitting around it. I would say, Jody, if you're looking around and not standing near Duncan, you straight up recognize some of those people sitting in this back booth as some of these dodgy types that you've dealt with in here before, uh, all those years ago. Although they are, of course, looking a fair bit older than they were the last time you saw them. But they are, you know, a few of the faces are memorable. And then uh, you would all see this bartender walk over to that booth while he's been kind of like, you know, going around to the tables, taking, you know, cups and stuff, and spend maybe just a few more seconds at that table than he has at the other's. And uh, you see a few of the faces at that table turn towards Duncan at the bar. I'm just there leaning on the bar, <laughs> drink my ale, and I just wink at him as they look at me. <laughs> so you've succeeded in, in gaining their attention, let's say. Uh, what, about, what about the other two? Are you doing anything? Um, I'm just in shock at this, like, military tactician. <laughs> just, like, seemingly left it all the door Dude. as he's wandered into this inn. It's the bait and switch. I get their attention, but you're the one who knows who they are and knows how to deal with them. So I do apologize for you, essentially. Yeah, I think Josie has full trust in Duncan's military position, so, so she just, just leans on the bar, <laughs> winks at the people, <laughs> maybe like undoes a button on her clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon I can get advantage on charisma checks if I show a bit of cleavage? Is it a- uh, you know, we'll take it on a situation like by yeah. We'll I take mean- it on a situation <laughs> by situation basis. I'll decide on the sexual yeah. orientation of the people. Depends how well they roll on their... Um, no, it depends how well they roll on their perception check to see whether or not you're cute, because mm-hmm. otherwise they might not know. Might not know yeah. and- well, it's canon that Druzzy has a boob window on her outfit. <laughs> I'm doing a button. It's always like just... Redundant. Like over the <laughs> top. too much. <laughs> like a deary. Oh, dear. So, and, and what, is Jody with them, or is he standing apart from them, or what? I think Jody um, goes and, like, as, as they're standing at the bar, goes and sits at a like a uh, like a booth, not next to, but like nearby, and just sort of like 
like watches essentially. Okay. And honestly, just in like shock and horror at what is happening because okay, you know, okay, um, right. I, yeah. I, I understand. After maybe a minute, these two big dark elves sort of peel off from a booth next to this booth you've been glancing at and walk up to the bar. There's sort of a big burly lady and a big burly man. They walk up to you and they say, "Our friend would like to talk to you." And uh, grab Duncan by the arm, not super forcefully, but like they're like, "Come on!" I'm like, "No need for the hands. I'm with you." Okay, sure. So they they let go of your arm, and you walk back over to the, that main booth in the back, where you can see, yeah, there's a bunch of people. There's some humans, and mostly humans and dark elves, actually, hanging out in this back booth. See what they didn't realize is I'm a melee fighter, and I wanted to get close to them. <laughs> And sitting, put me in the middle, now I can use my whirlwind attack. Sitting in the very corner of this back booth, wearing a big, broad, black hat. Uh, oh no. Tilted down on the front of her head is a slender drow figure. Does she have a bird window? She doesn't. She's much like the city she calls her home, buttoned up. And... <laughs> uh, she basically, without looking up at you as you're standing at the table in this corner booth, says, Imagine my surprise when here I am, regular night, sitting in my bar, and then three of the most wanted people in the kingdom of Carthus happen to walk right in. How do you think I'd feel about that, boys? And she casts a look around the table, and there are a few chuckles and murmurs of assent. She looks up at you now from underneath the brim of her white hat, and you can see her angular dark elf features and piercing dark eyes. You see, as much as I am in the smuggling business, I'm also in the information business. Believe it or not, I've been following your story with great interest. I must admit I have no idea what you're doing down here in Hanelport, but I aim to find out. So, well, you've got my attention, Duncan. Tell me, what can I do for you? How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsett. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.